0: and welcome to a new
1: episode of startuprad.io your podcast show with startup news and interviews from germany hello and welcome everybody you cannot see this but it's a very wonderful spring day here the last day of march in frankfurt as you can hear from the noise in the background i do have a guest with me hello Yassin, how are you doing hi on very good thanks a lot for inviting me you're very welcome. The listeners of our German channel already know you because you have been the past three years attending our annual fintech review where we do a really big interview together with a lot of other people, audio only, and we get together and discuss the trends, the news, and the upcoming events in fintech in Germany. Unfortunately, till now only in German, but you are here because you are also a fintech guy. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about you? Sure. So.
0: Basically, um, I am founder of the um, AI-focused fintech startup Safedroid. This is my uh, second fintech startup. So before, I was also one of the co-founders of the robo-advisor called Vamo, also located here in Frankfurt. And before that, actually, from my background, I was a business consultant um, working for four years for McKinsey & Company. That was actually uh, the point when I decided um, to go into fintech because I was all only advising banks and then recognized that basically innovation and banking um, are not the best friends Um, at least they were not at the time i was working for the consulting company and before that um, i did um, my diploma in economics and my phd in finance uh, here at goethe university in frankfurt
1: that is pretty cool so they already know you are um, in frankfurt we might tell our listeners also that the noise in the background you're located in the fintech hub of deutsche Börse, german stock exchange right
0: Exactly. And and here we have all together now um, four interesting fintech startups who are sitting here, a nice co-working space and also the colleagues of Deutsche Börse who are managing the hub. So if you should visit Frankfurt sooner or later, please um, stop by the Deutsche Börse
1: fintech hub. It's always uh, good to grab a coffee. Yes, of course. So tell us. Oh, uh, I might put before the disclaimer, I've been a tester of your app, so I'm a little bit biased in that Regard, but can you tell our listeners just a little bit what Safedroid actually does? Sure.
0: So Safedroid is an AI-focused app which helps you to automate your savings. So it automatically saves money for you, so though that you don't actually need to think about saving. And we are actually helping in two dimensions. The first one being is saving in the classical sense, so putting money aside for a bigger consumption goal you want to purchase in the future and the second thing is cutting your fixed costs so actually optimizing your spend. and for the first one putting money aside what we have developed is basically an autopilot um, savings function which connects our application to your current account and then um, our algorithm will analyze all the money going into the account the money flowing out of the account and actually develop a cash flow forecast of your personal account and then we will actually see if there is savings potential. And if you have some room for saving money, the algorithm will then autonomously decide to put money aside towards one of your savings goals. So that's the savings part and for the cutting cost part to spend your money more wisely is basically... We also scan from your current account your direct debits to identify the contracts you're currently paying. So let's talk about the utilities bill. Um, We'll identify this one, and then our algorithm will check if there's a cheaper utility bill out there in the market. And if so, we will automatically recommend to switch the contract to this new one. And the good thing is you can actually cancel your existing contract within our app, and you can actually um, sign up for the new contract also within our app. So it's a one-stop shop, um, and you don't actually need to care about it because it's all just at your fingertips and the app will always notify you if there's more savings potential and it's again time to switch your contract so it's end-to-end savings small amounts of money for really really broader mass market users in the age range of 18 to 39 years predominantly
1: that was that was the next point I, i was trying to make um because what is your average customer how does he or she look yeah. So unlike, uh, and I think
0: this may now sound a bit surprising uh, to some of the listener, listeners, um, we don't have the type of customer you would actually expect from a fintech, right? Which which would be kind of uh, 40 plus years, predominantly male, highly tech-affined, significantly above average income, and so on and so on. Um, I think... Our users are pretty much mass market in in every dimension. So if you look age-wise, it's rather the younger um, users, 18 uh, to 39, as I said, is 80% of our users in this age range. Um, Then if you look to male versus female, it's it's mostly 50-50. Also, if you look To the income, it's basically about the average income, which we have here in Germany. And also, if you look where these users do have their prime, uh, their primary accounts, their current accounts they're using for everyday uh, business, Um, it's also um, the biggest user share has their accounts at the classical savings banks, so at Sparkasse. Um, So all these points out that um, I think Safe droid users are really the the
1: typical mass market um, saving users so the majority of your clients is at thrift institutions that's pretty interesting but they don't have any competitor coming along doing the same stuff as you do i believe because they just getting started to put together um a paypal clone which what well, we can take from the news doesn't work so well yet <sighs> Yeah, I was I was curious to ask you two questions because at first you talked about AI. So basically for an AI, you have to set up a basic program and then feed it with lots and lots and lots of data. The more data, the better. And the program itself then makes incremental improvements. So where did you get the data from and with which programs are you actually working? Sure, so... We started
0: Droid with a bit of a different value proposition than what I've just explained, um, because exactly to, to solve the issue you were just mentioning, there cannot be any AI without having a significant data set. So how we started um, last summer um, was that we introduced an app which uses rule-based savings, so applying on the um, if this then that logic you could set up savings rules like um, if I receive some money incoming to my current account I want to put aside some three percent of it right away so that I don't spend it. If I use my uh, credit card for a payment I can do a roundup or um, if my favorite soccer team wins I want to put aside some five euros. If I complete a run using Runtastic I want to reward myself and save some money. If I go to the gym using geofencing and location I can save some money or even if Donald Trump does a tweet, um, you can save some money. By the way, um, this is a real savings booster. So if you set the amount too high, then, um, you will reach your goal pretty fast, given all the time Donald Trump is tweeting. But, um, to come back, this is this is basically how we began um, and how we acquired the first users. And now in February this year, um, we achieved the first 100,000 downloads of our application. And this was basically the point when we began to switch. So then we had a good user base and a good database, which we could actually feed into a machine learning tool. And we're working here with Amazon. That All the data is hosted at the Amazon um, servers here in Frankfurt. And um, then the algorithm which is behind is also updated daily. So it's basically a self-learning algorithm in the sense that the new transactions which come in on a single user basis will be uploaded every night into the machine learning so that the algorithm will be newly calculated. So it gets more accurate over time.
1: And the second question I had from your initial thought was, you have approximately 50% of FeelMy clients. That sounds astonishing because in Germany, when you have fintech events, there's like maximum of 5% women. And on average, across all the fintech apps, I would say they make up more one third than 50% of the clientele. So how did you get all the women to actually use your product to like your product? Yeah, I think there are actually a few drivers behind.
0: So the first one, I think obviously being is saying that I think we are addressing a use case which genuinely is interesting for really the broad mass market, right? If you would compare it, say, to a classical fintech like a robo-advisor, then you would typically deal with the user group already involved in dealing with shares. Um, this in Germany is only a small proportion of the market and is also heavily male-dominated. So now, average savings, small amounts of money, which don't hurt your bank account, this is, I think, a topic which is relevant for everybody. is independent of gender. The second one being that it also is more applicable to an income segment, which is lower, because if I save some one euro here, some three euros there, it actually doesn't hurt. So I don't need a big budget. And this, again, increases the chance of addressing more the mass market. And the mass market, by definition, is more characterized by a equalized split between male and female. And then thirdly, um, and I think this was also a driver, which we noticed not only in UX testing, but then also in marketing, is that we changed the design of our application fundamentally. So we started with all real pictures um, so that you can actually visualize your wishes you're saving up for, also real pictures for the smooths you were setting up. Uh, but then we changed to complete illustratory world. So now working only with illustrations, and we see that here the user acceptance, especially from the female side, was much higher um, once we changed the design completely. Um, so this actually also helped.
1: In the... we we may tell our listeners that we just a few minutes before did a German interview. So I come up with some information I have from there. And there we've been talking about you already crossed the threshold of 100,000 downloads. Congratulations to that. You told me in the German interview you are aiming for 200,000 in May or June of this year, which is pretty impressive growth. And what I was thinking is, okay, how further can you grow? How big is your potential market out there in Germany alone? Or are you also thinking about expanding like geographically? So I think the,
0: the good thing is that, first of all, the market in Germany, um, as we believe, is huge. So we are looking at a potential target group in Germany, somewhat between 13 and 14 million users. Um, but then the other good thing is that also our concept is, very good internationally scalable. So um, this is actually what we are aiming uh, towards um, once closing our series A, which we are um, aspiring to close directionally towards end of this year, um, which would then be a fast internationalization. To, so to bring the safe droid concept to other continental European countries, that would be our priority focus. And there again, the target groups are quite huge because if you look to other markets, especially if you talk about France, where the characteristics are quite similar to Germany, the market is actually not so much smaller as you would maybe believe. So if you multiply that throughout um, continental Europe, the target group is actually significant. Um, So what we really need is um, a good series A financing in order to be able to be very fast also on the marketing side, on the expansion side, and to build up a significant user base.
1: In the German interview, we've already talked, you had a valuation of 20 million when you did the seed investment round, where I do believe you raised approximately 1.1 million US dollars or 1 million euros. And how much money are you looking for, for the Series A financing?
0: Yeah. So for the series A financing, we are actually, uh, we are actually uh, wanting to raise uh, a total of up to uh, 20 million euro. So, um, um, this at the first class may look like a significantly huge number for, for a series A. On the other hand side, um, I think this is more important here is that if you look at the current development of AI in Europe, I think we are just in the starting phase. So I think here we still have a good a good lead at, at this point in time and we see that we have a high user acceptance in Germany so the key question for us is what will enable us to build a strong value proposition throughout continental Europe and in order to do this funding is basically the key in order to enable us to go to other countries like France, Spain, Italy and so on and to be the first in these markets before other guys come up with similar clone ideas to actually copy the concept.
1: Ah, I read between the lines you're scared of rocket nonetheless we we kind of skipped one of the steps because how you actually reach your clients where's your most successful marketing channel there yeah so for marketing at the moment being uh, we're still um, pretty
0: much focused on the usual um, suspect uh, channels I would say for a startup um, which are on the performance side so on the one hand side it's uh, classical um, social media so Facebook, Instagram um, on the paid side we do also Google um, and um, which um, is now up and coming of course also influencer marketing um, where we are collaborating with bloggers, Instagrammers, YouTubers um, to actually test and promote our uh, app to their followership
1: and of course podcasters but disclaimer this interview is not paid so we do it all (laughs) free of charge because we know each other um how do you then when you raised all the money and expanded across europe how do you actually then make money i mean that that that's usually a a tough point for rocket startups (laughs) no so What we, how we will earn money is basically in what I
0: explained a bit earlier on the second part where we help our users to cut the fixed cost, right? So at the end, once a user replaces its existing utility bill by a new contract, so switching the provider effectively, we will earn an affiliate revenue from the new service provider. So at the end, it's a affiliate revenue based model behind where we participate on the consumption of our users. So whenever we help our users to optimize their spent categories to switch, may it be their utilities bill, may it be their mobile phone contract, their gym contract, uh, insurance contract, and so on and so on. Um, you can expand this throughout the most relevant um, uh, contract categories, which are out there. Um, we will earn... A switching fee for every type of contract and um, by that um, i think and this is also um, if you look to the economics the um, promising point on our business case the repay of the user in terms of user acquisition cost and basically the user revenue can be within the switch of one contract so i think this is highly attractive also from a point of return on investment
1: how high are your customer acquisition costs
0: Yeah, so now this was obvious that you now need to ask for this one. So I cannot tell you exactly, but what I can tell you is, of course, that um, our customer acquisition costs also given to what we discussed earlier that we addressed the broader mass market are significantly lower than what you would expect from other fintechs. So in the fintech area, um, if you look to robo-advisors, it's quite commonly that your customer acquisition costs can easy, easily be even above 100 euros. Um, I can only say so ours are significantly below 50 euro. Um, and um, the drivers, therefore, are actually twofold. So the first one being that we can achieve through the marketing mix we are currently having a quite good cost per install for a mobile application and secondly, we have now managed over the past months to significantly increase all the, the, also the conversion rate um, in our onboarding funnel and by actually having a good cost per install and an increasing um, conversion rate, um, this at the end plays out very favorably for your customer acquisition cost.
1: You did the same as in the German interview very smoothly, very diplomatically circumvent the direct answer. So Every entrepreneur should listen to this again, maybe without the noise at the back, but he did a really good job here. So what are your conversion rates? What are you looking at?
0: Yeah, so the conversion rates, um, again, um, I can unfortunately tell um, exactly, but what I can tell you is that here um, at the moment, we are very happy, right? Because the, the question actually, I already indirectly answered with the first one, naming that we have actually... Good conversion rate, so that the user acquisition cost remains significantly below fifty euros. So that I think is already a very good hint. Um, but what I uh, I can add to this one is actually that what we are doing and doing on a very consistent basis, and I think actually every every startup um, is very well advised in order to do that is to on a, on a very timely manner monitor and track the whole onboarding funnel and to do to regular sessions in order to evaluate where to improve um, run a lot of A-B testing um, this is what we are also doing in our application we are running a lot of A-B tests um, and given um, the high number of installs we are having um, you also come to very fast conclusions so um, this is actually a good thing, and this helps significantly to increase the conversion over
1: time. So, I would say there's nothing that holding me back to let you go into the party that is obviously going on in the background there. <laughs> so, uh, everybody who would be interested to learn more, we will link your LinkedIn profile, your uh, TechCrunch, pro- uh, your Crunchbase profile. And, um, of course, everybody else can go through us, and we are happy to connect you guys. Cool. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to reach out if you're interested. And um, Jörn, thanks a lot for your time uh, and the great talk. Well, completely my pleasure. See see you in December for the FinTech review. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.